hello, hello. I want to talk to you all a little bit today. Let me just set my settings here. I want to talk to you all a little bit today about um, not allowing yourself to be unnecessarily distracted. And I want to touch a little bit on if greatness could speak. So I just want to have a little bit of fun with you real quick. Hang on one second here. I'm just trying to get my other connection set up here. And as soon as I'm able to do that, I will be ready. I see some of you all. Welcome, welcome. We are going to talk about if greatness could speak. Uh, and I want to touch on the importance of staying focused. I put up a, um, a lesson a little bit earlier today. Um, I think it was late last night. And I talked about, um, hang on one second here, you guys. I'm trying to go live on this other platform. Now it's working. So... I put up a um, post, um, I think it was late last night, I was looking really, I was looking some kind of way. My scarf was on my head and I was sitting in my room on my bed. So if you go back, you'll be able to see that particular post. And uh, I had been in my closet praying for quite a while and I got it, put it in my heart to post it. And it was all about not allowing yourself to be tricked. You know, not allowing yourself to be caught off guard. You guys gotta understand this. The season that you're in in your life right now, this is not the time where we can play around and easily be distracted and tricked by things. And what I want to get into you, you know, and, and I, I talk about this quite a bit in my book, Necessary, but what I want to get in you guys is this. Check this out. When you respond to that negativity, you know, maybe someone at work comes at you the wrong way, or maybe it's a family member or a friend or something, or maybe you just, um, you know, walk into a room or something and somebody seems like they got an attitude and you're doing your best to follow God and, you know, try to have a good day, right, with no drama, right? You're trying your best to stay at a higher level. And all of a sudden you have this negativity around you. Sometimes it's so easy for us, and I've done it many times before, but it's so easy for us to come down to a lower level to address the situation just so we can see who's gonna win that war. And really no one wins when you go lower. No one wins when you go lower. I never forget when my sister told me a long time ago, I was going through a situation um, really at home and I won't go through the details, but God knows I've been through a lot. But I'll never forget when my sister told me, she said, Z, she says, the, 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 real, um, the real battle is in the spirit. And she said, Z, you gotta understand that you're the one being caught off guard. You're, you're the one being fooled and tricked because you're supposed to continue doing what God told you to do. You're supposed to be working on your dreams and your goals. And here you are over here dealing with some mess and responding to some things that really ain't got nothing to do with you. So that's why I put that post up about being focused in this season on your destiny. Okay, this is the season where you have to be focused and not allow people to to distract you. There will be people that purposely and I'm going to use this phrase purposely are sent into your life to try to distract you. Sent you ever be around someone and they don't like you and they don't even have a reason for not liking you. They don't you ain't even do anything wrong. You ain't even do anything and they still don't like you where they try to treat you a certain kind of way, you know, or try to make you feel a certain kind of way. And I know that happens a lot sometimes in the workplace and sometimes even amongst our own family members or friends at times, right? But definitely amongst strangers at times. You ever been in that situation? And you wonder, what is it? And, and I think I put a post up on that a long time ago and what I was trying to tell you all is this. Sometimes it's not even about what you did or what you said, but baby, it's about who you are. It's about the anointing that God has over your life. 
And I'm not trying to talk like some religious woman. I'm really not. But do you are you aware that when you are setting your sights on going here and your focus is on going to this level, are you aware that sometimes when people come and they bring that negativity towards you, are you aware in the spirit what's really happening? And that's what I meant when I said I want you guys to get to a point where you can, you know, kind of lean back a little bit and look at the situation from a different angle. You know, I forget what chapter I talked about that. I think it was chapter four of my book, Necessary, but where you can look at it from a different angle and you can be like, wait a minute, hold on. Before I snap and go off on this person, right? <laughs> Before I respond the way I want to respond or really let them know who I am, let me look at what's happening in the spirit. Let me see what is going on. Something is trying to bring me down low and keep me from focusing on this goal on this dream, on whatever it is that God has told me to do. You get that? Today in my mentorship uh, program, you all know I have a, a, a mentorship group and I know some of you are on the waiting list. We're gonna do our best to open it back up later today or, or hopefully tomorrow morning. But I just came from having a session with all the people in my mentorship group and we talked about that. We, we talked about just, just the importance of remaining focused and remembering who you are. And you don't allow anything and any negativity to turn you. This season is so important right now. You cannot afford to allow yourself to be distracted by some nonsense. So my rule of thumb is if what I'm about to address or deal with, if it has nothing to do with my destiny, or, you know, and of course, if my life is not in any danger or anything like that, but if it has nothing to do with my destiny, I don't even want to fool with it. I don't even want to fool with it. I'm going to let you think you won that. I'm going to let you think you won that little situation, that little fight, that little argument. I'm just going to let you think you want it. I want to get you all to a point where when you walk in a room, especially when you're trying to be focused and do right and do what you got to do, when someone is out there uh, in that room and someone maybe has an attitude or maybe won't speak to you or just say something kind of smart, anything that just rubs you the wrong way. Hey, you guys know what I'm talking about. I want to get you to a point where you walk in that room you're able to look at it as though you're observing someone dancing on the dance floor. I think that's in chapter three or four I talk about in my book, Necessary. I want you to be able to just look at it with amazement. Just look at it for a moment. Because what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get you to train your spiritual eyes. You know, when I lead my, my mentorship groups or whatever, I try to teach them to adjust their spiritual goggles, right? Look with your spiritual eyes. Baby, see what's happening in the spirit. In the spirit, if you look at it in the spirit, when you see someone standing there with an attitude for no reason, right, or not speaking or whatever, trying to bring you down, if you look at it in the spirit, you'll be able to see, oh, this is the enemy coming at me, trying to work through someone so that I can, you know, get off course from what I need to be doing and so that I can uh, mess up and, and end up saying something or doing something that ain't got no business doing when I need to stay focused. So when you look at it in the spirit, you're able to sit there and observe them on the dance floor, baby. I never knew that. I'm telling you that I never knew. I thought... I always thought that I didn't have the power or the control, that if someone's coming at me a certain kind of way, I've always got to, you know, jump at it, right? I never knew the amount of power, the amount of power that is inside of me, that I can stand and look at some mess where I know I can snap and go off on somebody and I decide, you know what? I'm going to leave this person dancing on the dance floor by themselves. It could be your boss. It could be your coworker. It could be anybody. Anybody, I'm going to leave them dancing on the dance floor by themselves and I'm just going to walk on around and keep doing what I got to do. 
Because baby, when you do that and you train yourself to be in that mode that you say, hey, as long as I'm not physically in any danger, nobody's coming at me, you know, swinging or whatnot, right? When you train yourself to be in that mode, and you train yourself to continue focusing on your walk with God, focusing on your dreams, your goals, your visions. Baby, when you train yourself to be in that mode, you will be out of this world. There's a chapter in my book called, um, If I Were Your Enemy. And uh, I wasn't gonna read uh, much from that one. I was actually gonna read from another chapter for you. But for those of you who um, have uh, my book necessary, and by the way, this is Zenja Glass. Call me Z. Most of you guys know who I am at this point. But in my book necessary, there's a chapter. It's chapter 21 called If I Were Your Enemy. And what I did in this chapter is I talked quite a bit about if I were your enemy, this is what I would do. I would come at you every which way to try to distract you. That's what I would do. Especially if there's an anointing on your life. If there's any kind of a special anointing on you, or, or if you, you're working on a goal or a dream that's going to be the next multi-million dollar ideal or something, and you're going to change generations of wealth in your family, oh, if I was your enemy, yeah, I would be coming at you with all kind of foolishness, anything to get to distract you. And that's why you guys got to be aware of Ephesians 6.12. Someone write that down, Ephesians 6.12. You have to be aware of Ephesians 6.12 because the fight is in the spirit. I talked about that with my mentees this morning, um, the people from my mentorship group. The fight is in the spirit. It's really not what's in front of you. I know what's in front of you is somebody acting a fool, right? I get that. Or somebody treating you some kind of way. Or maybe a boss got an attitude or whatever, right? I know that that's in the physical. I know that. But train yourself to look at what's happening in the spirit. Ephesians 6.12 teaches us so wonderfully how the fight is really in the spirit. It's in the spirit. So if I was your enemy, let, let's just let's just kind of play a little game for a moment. If I was your enemy, I would do everything that I could do to distract you. I would do everything I could do. Let me read a little passage from this because I wasn't going to read from chapter 21. Um, let me just see here. Which part do I want to read? Because I wasn't even going to read from this one. So if I were your enemy, here's one. So I'm on page 243. For those who um, uh, have my book, you can turn to that. I'm just going to read one or two paragraphs um, from If I Were Your Enemy. And this chapter was written, uh, let me see here. This chapter was written right around the time um, I was going through some very serious things in life and everything was coming at me at one time. It says, if I were your enemy, now listen, this is if I were your enemy. Because I want you to see how John, uh, what is it, John 8, 44, when it talks about, you know, Satan, how he's a master liar. You know, when he, when he lies, he speaks his native language. You guys got to get what's happening. So if I were your enemy, I would send people to irritate you and create distractions whenever you are about to do what God told you to do. I would make you feel guilty when you try to work on improving yourself. This way you will remain undisciplined. Did you catch that? Because you know how when you go left field for a moment to address a nonsense issue, right? It's kind of hard to get right back on track. So listen to this. This way, you will remain undisciplined and never stay focused long enough to reach your goal. I would like that because nothing of great magnitude would ever get done. And then you can get angry with God about it or perhaps blame it on others. I would never want you to read Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. Someone write that down. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27. And Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Someone write that down. Hebrews 12, 
verses one through two. I would never want you to read those verses because I would want to benefit from your distractions. Did you catch that? Let me read a little bit more in here. Mm, mm, mm. My God. Mm, mm, mm. If I were your enemy, I would encourage you to doubt your God-given talents and abilities. I would tell you that you're always behind schedule so that you can be discouraged and abandon your dreams. I would never want you reading Joshua 1.9, Mark 10.27, or Galatians 6.9. And that's that passage that talks about don't grow weary and doing good. Because those scriptures would remind you to be courageous and never give up. So I just wanted to read a little bit from If I Were Your Enemy because I want you to be trained to understand when negativity comes your way, baby, when all this negativity comes your way, someone's talking to you the wrong way, out of the blue, you just, you're just trying to go to the grocery store and somebody got an attitude even in the grocery store. If you train yourself to look in the spirit, you will avoid so much mess that ain't got nothing to do with your destiny and you would begin to, to walk and, and step with the spirit and do the things that you're supposed to do. But if you continue to allow yourself to get on the dance floor, just picture somebody out on the dance floor dancing, right? You don't have to join that dance just because they're dancing. Just because they got an attitude, you don't have to join it. You get to walk around it. I forget which chapter I talk about uh, in my book on that, I want to say it's chapter three or four. Um, but I talked about how um, there was a time when I remember when my sister told me, she said, baby, you got to realize those are the times when you're being set free. And I had to train myself to that. Because I used to I used to even walk into my own household and, and, and people got an attitude. And I'm like, well, what, 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 what is the issue? And then I'm thrown off. I can't even pray. I can't plan. I can't create. I learned when I adjusted those spiritual goggles and I, and, and I was able to see in the spirit, I learned not to hate the person, to be quite honest with you. I didn't hate the person. I learned to say, oh, okay, I see what's happening right here. The enemy is trying to distract me from what God wants me to do. Let me take my little butt on up these stairs. Let me go on up here and pray, read my Bible, do what I got to do. Let me work on that business plan God gave me. Let me work on that ideal or that dream he gave me. And I just, and I leave, I leave whoever it is on the dance floor. Hang on one second here. I want to make sure that my, my cord is still here. I think someone said that my mic cord fell out. Well, if you can't hear my mic cord, I'm sorry about that because it's still here, but I guess there's something wrong with the audio. So anyway, hopefully you all can still hear me. But anyway, that, that's what I would do. I would just go upstairs and say, you know what? No, I got to focus on what God is doing in my life right now. Now I want to read to you what I came to read. I want to read a little bit from my chapter. I'm reading from my book, Necessary. And for those of who, who are asking, uh, Necessary is available on Amazon as a paperback worldwide. You can get it anywhere. Um, the audio book is on my website at zenjaglass.com. Um, but let me read a little bit about if greatness could speak. Now this should speak to you because greatness is always trying to speak to you. So I want to read just a little bit from this real quickly. Let me find the chapter. Who knows what chapter that is in the book? Because I know many of you already have a copy. If greatness can speak, it's chapter 20. So for those of you who already have necessary, turn to chapter 20. Oh, someone says bought it today. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you. Let me read a few comments before I read this. Someone says speak greatness. Just got the uh, number one gifter. Thank you so much. Whoever's sending those gifts in. Um, looks like it's Adriana. Thank you so much. She said, God bless you. You inspired me so much. Um, that's what happened this morning. Woke up to a message that took me back um, uh, and got me in my head and off today. See, that's what happens. 
That's what happens. You could be waking up and God can have a plan that this is the day I'm going to answer her prayer. This is the day I'm going to answer him. This is the day I'm going to have him set up to meet so-and-so so that he can really get that business idea, that plan, that goal off the ground. And then the enemy comes along like, hmm, let me see, can I do something to throw something this person's way to distract them so that he don't even meet the person because he's so mad he don't went off and didn't even decide to go into work or didn't even decide to do such and such. Now, I'm not just talking. I'm not some religious woman. I'm really not. I love God with all my heart, mind, body, and soul, but I'm not a licensed minister. You know, I just happen to love God and I'm in love with the word of God. But I'm letting you know what I'm teaching you is some biblical principles. That is how the enemy works, baby. He comes to kill and steal and destroy. And if you walk around with your spiritual eyes open and you recognize that your life can be radically different because then you're not allowing every single thing to come your way to distract you right now let me let me read a little bit about if greatness could speak because i'm starting a little late i was planning on going live today at noon but mondays is the day that i meet with all of the people in my mentorship program and yes there's a waiting list on my site at zenjaglass.com if you want to go there and get on the wait list we're going to let some more people in tonight and tomorrow uh, but anyway mondays is my day with them so i just finished a phenomenal session with them they're good to go um, and that's why I'm a little late, but I'm going to try my best to go live every day this week at noon at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time um, to help you guys out. So let me turn to chapter 20 of Greatness Could Speak. I'm just going to read a little bit from that. I'm going to close out because I have not had any lunch or anything to drink. I've been talking because I've been teaching all morning and I want to make sure I go take care of myself. Now listen to this if you don't catch anything else. Somebody just catch this real quick. I want to speak some life into you right now, okay? So listen carefully. This chapter is called, If Greatness Could Speak. So listen to me. Now this is greatness speaking to you. I am sorry you had to endure many hardships and dig deep valleys to find me, for I do not lay atop the soil. I waited patiently as I watched you search for me in relationships, careers, and affirmations from others. I'm sorry you didn't recognize me when you looked in the mirror and doubted yourself your talents, and your abilities. I'm sorry you did not hear my whispers when you felt powerless. I was there through every setback you experienced, every trial and tribulation, every painful, discouraging moment in your life. And I was there when you didn't believe in yourself. I was always there waiting for you to discover me. I was there when you felt you couldn't go another day. I was there when everyone you thought you could depend on turned around and walked away. I wrapped myself around you and held you closely on the days you felt the pain was unbearable. I never let you go. I never lost my grip and I never will. At last you have found me. At last you have discovered I was always within you. Now that's the affirmation. Each chapter in my book starts with an affirmation. That's the affirmation that for those who have my book, I want you to read that over and over every day. This is greatness speaking to you. Greatness is saying, I was always there. I was always within you. Through every setback, every cheer, every trial, every tribulation, even when you looked in the mirror and didn't recognize me, I was always there waiting for you to discover me. Can I read a little bit more, you guys? Someone says, oh, my God, speak to me, woman of God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. I'm so glad that encouraged you. Someone else says, hallelujah. You all have time for me to read just a little bit more from this chapter. 
Someone says, even though at times I don't feel great, I know, baby. That's why I wrote this chapter, because there's many times God knows I didn't feel it. If you read my chapter in the book called Through the Fire, you'll know that everything wrong was going wrong. Not only was my son dying at that time, my marriage was it just hanging by half a thread. My finances was in the hole. My kids was acting all count. It, everything was falling apart. But I never knew that greatness was always there waiting for me to discover. So let me read a little bit more if it's okay with you all. Someone says, thank you, Lord. I feel this speaking straight to my spirit. I appreciate you saying that. And the reason I appreciate you saying that is it was not my plan to be going live every day. It really wasn't. That's, that's not what my plan was. But God has put in my heart so many people need to be encouraged. And your role, this is what God spoke to me, is to encourage them to sit in my presence. So let me read a little bit more from If Greatness Can Speak. Then I'll maybe read a few more comments and I'm going to close out. Someone says, I've been in the valley a long time. So, baby, I don't know if you listened to my previous live events. I went live almost every day last week. I talked about a um, chapter in my book called The Pruning Season, When God Prunes You. And oh my God, it's such an uncomfortable season when he's pruning, when the good gardener is coming in and he's cutting away and he's cutting away at those branches and those vines that are no longer needed. And sometimes he prunes even the vines and branches that looks pretty good. And he does that so it can bear more fruit because he definitely went through a pruning season with me where I had friends betray me. I had financial situations going on like God just uprooted me and placed me in new soil. And that pruning season is so uncomfortable, baby. I'm telling you to hang on and keep going. Because at the end of that pruning season, then you go into your harvest season. So don't you dare quit. Don't you dare stop. When you're going through this pruning season, if you, if you go back and listen to those live episodes, I know it's on my Instagram and I believe my YouTube page. I know it's on my Instagram. But when you go back and you listen to that, you make sure you get the nuggets in that. The pruning season is your season of preparation, baby. Your season of preparation. Let me see if I still got some connection here because there's so much activity going on. I want to make sure everything is still working. Ah, uh, hang on one second here. There's so much going on with Wi-Fi connections and stuff. I'm trying to make sure that everything is connecting. So just hang on. I think there's something else here connecting. Okay, I'm still back. So that pruning season, that's your season of preparation, baby. And then I talked, I think, the day before about the season of being hidden because sometimes God hides you. Oh, my God. That was the last one we talked about. And when he hides you, that's the season where you feel like, God, where in the world are you? Why is it that everybody else seemed to be doing well and flourishing in life and I'm still in the same position? So I'm not going to go into all of that now because I did a long episode on that. It was almost an hour long, the season of being hidden. And that's in chapter, oh my goodness, that's in chapter 10 of my book, uh, Necessary, called Hidden. Um, and the pruning season is in chapter five. So if you have my book, read those chapters, baby. Or you can go to zenjaglass.com and uh, get the audio book and just listen to that. But let me read a little bit more about if greatness could speak. Someone says, thank you. I need this right now. Um, I've been in Egypt a long time waiting to get out. I wanted to give up. Your messages helped me. I feel hidden and unheard. Baby, if you don't do anything else, please go back and watch that live episode because I spent quite a bit of time talking about the season of being hidden. You know, well, let me go there for a second. I'm not going to rush. If you all have to get off the lives, you can just go ahead and get off. I feel compelled to slow down because some people miss that live. When you're in your season of being hidden, it feels like God is not there. It feels like you're wasting your time. Remember King David, and I talked about this quite a bit. When King David was out there taking care of sheep in the fields, you know, 
taking the, 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 the sheep out of the bear's mouth and out of the paw of the lion, out there playing a lyre and a harp and all that. He wasn't even considered when the prophet Samuel came to his dad, Jesse's house. I read about it already. So when you go back and um, watch that podcast episode, listen to it. Um, you can listen to the podcast episode or go back and watch the videos from, I think it was Friday. I went into detail with it, but I'm just giving you just the, 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 the little bit of it, baby, the, for the young lady who just um, said what she just said. In those seasons when David was being overlooked and the prophet um, Samuel came to his dad's Jesse's house to anoint someone to be king, David wasn't even thought of, baby. He wasn't even thought of. So imagine David out there in the field and you taking care of sheep all day, right? He wasn't even thought of. It wasn't until the prophet Samuel said, do you have any other sons? You know, after they had gone through maybe seven or so of them, then and only then was the father like, oh, yeah, there's one more out there in the field. I think David was around 17 years old, give or take. It wasn't until that time that he, that he was revealed. And even in that, he still went through some seasons of being hidden. But here's the, 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 the gold nugget from that whole story. Listen to me carefully, baby, if you're still uh, there, because I, I didn't catch your name. Here's the gold nugget. When it came time to come up against Goliath, and even though his brothers was out there on the field, everybody looking up to his brothers, they had the nice armor gear and all of that. Everybody was afraid of that giant. But, oh, baby, read that story. Read what David said when he went up against them. He says, basically, now I'm paraphrasing. He says, look, I don't pull the sheep out of the lion's mouth. <laughs> you know, I don't fought a bear. He's like, I don't been through a whole lot of stuff. I, I, this uncircumcised Philistine who's defying the living armies of the God is going to come down. Like David had such a massive amount of faith because he knew he had, he had been trained in that season. So your season of being hidden is your season of preparation, baby. That's the season where you need to be getting ready for what God is about to do. Remember when David was playing the lyre and the harp all that time? You know, you would think that was a waste of time, right? But guess what? The king needed somebody that could play the lyre and the harp because King Saul was going through some mess. And guess who they called on? Guess who they called on who was being hidden in the hidden season? David. Because while he was in that season of being hidden, being overlooked, Everybody called him a young boy, called him arrogant, called him this, called him that. He was, he was mastering being able to play the lyre and the harp, mastering the use of a slingshot and a rock. And so what does that teach us? Because there's, there's biblical principles that can go in every area of our lives that teaches us that in the season of being pruned, some young man was, said he was going through some things, and that season of being hidden, that teaches us, whoa, hold on. You mean there's something I'm supposed to be learning in this? Because this season don't feel good. I've been praying for years. I'm overlooked. People have betrayed me. Baby, I've been there. That's that season where you're getting prepared. For me, that was that season of just hiding away with God. If you read uh, my book, Necessary, there's a chapter in here called The Secret Place. That's a really good chapter to read. I didn't realize the value in sitting before God in the secret place, baby. I mean, I went to church and prayed and did what most of us do, right? But I didn't know that God actually whispers to me. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I didn't know all those times and all those things I went through in my marriage that I would later help tons of other marriages, tons of other people who were going through tough times. I didn't know all of that that I was going through in the season with my son, that I would turn around and be able to comfort those who have kids with disabilities or who have kids with chronic medical conditions, or in my case, who have children whom they've lost. The see, that, 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 that season of being hidden is your season of preparation. 
And that's when I began to go deeper. That's when I began to go deeper in the Word of God, deeper in the prayer. I put up a podcast the other week called um, Can You Go Deeper? You can find that on wherever, Spotify and wherever podcast streams. It's, it's all over. My podcast is called Unlocking Greatness with Zenja Glass. So find that podcast. Listen to that one. Let me get to what I was trying to say. But I saw those two comments and it kind of threw me a little bit. But let me... Let me, um, David with his great faith told that giant, look, uh, look, look here, here's what about to happen. That's right. That's absolutely right. Okay. So I want to read just a little bit more from chapter 20. Uh, I'm in my book necessary and I'm reading a little bit about if greatness could speak. This is actually, I, I hate to say one of my favorite chapters in, in my book, cause all of them are my favorite, but let me just read a little bit of this to you. I want to see, can somebody identify with this? I thought I was supposed to stoop low and pretend greatness wasn't inside of me so others could feel good about themselves. It didn't work. Somehow, I thought I would receive more love and acceptance from others if I hid my gifts and talents and remain less than who I was created to be. That didn't work either. So I hid greatness under a bowl, and only when no one was around would I peek inside to see if her light was still burning. She burned low for many years as she waited for me to develop the courage to let her shine. I did my best to ignore her tantrums as I kept her hidden, out of sight, protected from criticism. I knew if she ever fully came forth, listen to me, and showed herself to the world, nothing would ever be the same. Because while her presence inspires many people, it also invites criticism and envy from naysayers and from those who choose to remain stagnant. She challenges the status quo with no apologies. She not only changes the atmosphere wherever, uh, the atmosphere wherever she goes, but you must change to remain in her presence. And this, this gets deep really fast. It goes in to talk about the process that I went through to allow myself to allow greatness to begin to shine and come forth in my life because I thought I was doing other people a favor by keeping greatness hidden. I did. I thought if I kept stooping low and if I just kind of downplayed my gifts and talents, maybe some of the other people in my life would love me more and baby, that didn't work. It didn't work at all. I thought it would. I thought it would. But I knew if I stepped out there and really was truly authentically who God created me to be. And I began to walk in my gifts and talents. I knew that it would invite envy, uh, uh, envy, naysayers. It would invite all of that. Why do you think I did that post last night for you guys? Telling you don't be responding to every bit of distraction that comes your way. Baby, when you're on a path of greatness, especially in this season right now in your life that's so important, you don't have time to deal with the foolishness. You have to stay focused because when you go low, nobody really wins that, that argument. You may walk away from it feeling like I told them, I bet they know now. No, 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 no. Both of you lost. Both of you lost because the path that you're on is a path of greatness. Stay focused on what you are supposed to be doing and stop apologizing for going higher. Now that leads me to a whole nother chapter. I'll probably talk about that chapter tomorrow, but there is a chapter in my book called, um, I will not apologize for going higher. It's a very, very, very strong chapter, but I don't owe anybody an apology for becoming a better version of me, but I won't get into that one now. 
I mainly wanted to encourage you all, don't let yourself be distracted. Don't let yourself be distracted, baby, it's not worth it. Let them think they won that fight or that argument. Let that person think or say whatever they want to say. You better keep yourself focused. I almost said you better keep your butt focused because that's how I talk to my children, even though they're adults now. But you better keep yourself focused on the direction you're heading. And some of you are heading into such an important season in your life right now. I'm not here on this camera to sell a book, just to be really clear. I'm here because God has put in my heart, I want you going live and I need you to speak to my people. I need you to encourage them to sit in my presence. That's what this is about. Sit in the presence of God and let him speak to you, you guys. Sit in his presence. I'm gonna read one more thing really quickly. Wouldn't plan on doing this, but I had read a little bit about chapter one. Chapter one is a letter to the enemy. And I read a little bit about uh, the other day, but I want to read it again because I'm still thinking of that young man who said something about life's been hard and, and been feeling like giving up and this and that. Baby, you got to be aware that the enemy is a really good liar. He's a masterful liar. He really, really is. So listen to chapter one a little bit, and I'm just going to read a little bit from the first page. And this, this details how the enemy messed up when he left me on my knees. I went through seasons in my life where you just would not believe how much mess was happening all at one time. Unbelievable. From betrayals to my marriage to my finances to health to my, my children, everything all at one time. And listen to this. It says chapter one, this is a letter to the enemy. I'm reading from my book, Necessary. I'm just reading a tiny bit of one, a couple paragraphs. Did you really think you had free will to do whatever you pleased in my life? Now this is a letter to the enemy. So listen to this. Did you really think you had free will to do whatever you pleased in my life? You were being played like a puppet all along because you failed to notice your strings. Had you taken the time to simply look up, you would have realized my father always kept a watchful eye over me. You never had free reign to rule in my life and you never had the power to determine my destiny. When I listened to your lying tongue, it sounded like the truth my goodness, it sounded like the truth. And no one could convince me otherwise. You played your role so well that you almost succeeded in making me doubt myself. You almost succeeded in making me give up. You almost convinced me that while I was in the deepest valleys, my father neither heard my many cries and prayers nor cared to answer me because I wasn't worthy of his love and blessings. You left me on my knees feeling unloved, used, angry, abandoned, confused, hurt, and sobbing in pain and grief. You whispered to me that my life would not get any better. You tried to convince me that God couldn't use me because I wasn't good enough. And though I wouldn't admit it, for a moment, I think I believed you. But now I must say, now hold on, just listen to this. This is the turning point. Oh, God, give me strength. But now I must say to you, your greatest mistake was not all the pain and sorrow you caused me. Your greatest mistake was leaving me on my knees in the presence of my father. That's where you really messed up. And your arrogance, you forgot who was my overseer. As you celebrated the roles you played during some of the worst seasons of my life, you forgot who knew the ending before the beginning. Somehow you failed to notice 
before the curtains were open, before your scenes began, before you played your wicked, evil role in my life, I was already predestined for greatness. You messed up when you left me on my knees feeling insecure, fearful, weak, alone, unsure of who I was, and doubting my gifts and talents. It was in those painful, lonely seasons that I began to sit in the presence of my father and recognize his voice and words of wisdom. He whispers. I guess I never sat long enough to realize he actually whispers to me. I had no idea I could be strong in my weakest moments because his power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Somebody type that in. I had no idea I could grow from dark places because he commands his angels concerning me. Psalm 91, 11 through 12. Someone put that down. And I had no idea it was possible to have great peace in the middle of my storms because God is able to give me peace that surpasses all understanding. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Someone write that down. So I thank you for leaving me on my knees because without your help, I never would have sat still long enough to discover that all along my father was trying to speak to me. Now it goes on and gets a lot deeper than that because then it begins to talk about what is it that I see? What is it that I see when I look up from being on my knees? And then it just goes off on a whole nother level. I'm not going to read too much more in there because I wouldn't plan on reading that. But anyway, I've been reading a little bit from my book, Necessary. Um, if you all have it, I want you to make sure you read all of chapter one. I want you to be prepared to talk a little bit more about chapter 20 when we meet again about if greatness could speak. And that starts uh, right at about page 232. Now there's homework at the end of each of those chapters. I'm not going through the homework online because it's kind of difficult to do with multiple platforms and I'm doing it this way. In my mentorship program, um, for those who are even interested in that, there's a waiting list at zenjaglass.com. That's what I do with my students and my, my, mentor, uh, my mentees in that group when we get together and then we begin to go through homework. But I pray that you all have been uh, encouraged. I want you to remember, don't allow yourself to get distracted. Don't allow yourself. This season is too important for you. Too important. Too important for you in your life at this point. You cannot allow the enemy to fool you with his tricks. You know, if all of a sudden somebody says something to you or something happens and you just re you just react into everything, you just, oh, what is this? What is, now I got to deal with it. Don't allow yourself to do that. No, 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 no. You're going to remain calm. You're going to remember a couple passages that you're reading, whatever it is that you're reading. I know not everybody's into the Bible, but whatever it is that you're reading, you're going to remain calm and you're going to remain focused. And you're going to say, I'm going to maximize this season. I'm not going to miss out on this season. And even if I'm in a season of pruning, even if I'm in a season of being hidden, I'm going to turn that into my season of preparation because I got to get ready for what God has for me. Can you imagine what would have happened if David wasted his season when he was out there taking care of sheep all that time and, and didn't master what he needed to master, can you imagine what he would have done when he went up against Goliath? He would have been just like everybody else. He would have been afraid. But with the little bit that he had, look what he did. He mastered that use of that slingshot. He mastered that use of, of the lyre and the harp. And when the time was right, look at what happened. That's how greatness speaks to you. 
That's why I wanted to read If Greatness Could Speak. For those who are just joining, I read a little bit from my book Necessary, and I read the chapter If Greatness Could Speak. That's such an important chapter to meditate on, you guys. It's such an important chapter. I don't care what you're going through in life right now, baby. And I know life gets hard. I know, I know, I know, I know. We moved 22 times in one year. I know what it's like to be homeless. I know what it's like to lose a child, baby. I don't been through as well, I know. But greatness is always there ready to speak to you. You gotta sit, gotta listen, and not allow yourself to be distracted. Let me read a few more comments and I'm gonna close out. And I have got to go get something to eat. I've been in my mentorship program this morning with the people in, in that group. And um, I didn't even take a break, I just came straight here. So let me read a little bit. The book Necessary is on Amazon, I want it. Thank you, baby. Yes, it's on Amazon worldwide. So it doesn't matter where you're at in the country, you should be able to order it. Um, and you can even walk into any bookstore and, um, and order it as well. Someone says, please check out the audio or must have. Thank you so much, baby, for that shout out. Um, the audio is available exclusively on my website at zengerglass.com. So you cannot get the audible on, on Amazon, just to be clear. I also have a video book, and that's me like right now sitting and reading the book. But the video book is exclusively only for my mentorship program because I have them actually watching me read the book, and then we come together to discuss it. Uh, any more questions in here? You help me stay positive and hard times, really hard times, and now I'll buy your book. Thank you, baby. I'm looking forward to seeing what you think about it. I pray that it blesses you. Uh, any more any more comments in here? Uh, what do you do when your pastor is against you? I don't know how to answer that one. That's an interesting question when your pastor is against you. The only thing, the only advice that I can give baby in that is adjust your eyes to look at everything in the spirit. And when you sit with God, here, here's the answer. I do have an answer for you. When you sit in the presence of God, because I sit in my closet a lot in the dark and just, I, I know I'm kind of weird like that. I literally sit for hours in the dark in my closet and I just say, God, what say you? What is it that you're telling me? And my specific prayer, if I can be very honest, is God, how do I lift you and how do I help your people? Or sometimes I say, how do I help your babies? But I say, God, direct my life and show me what I need to do. So I would say, you go to God in prayer and ask him to make it clear to you what you need to do. The only role that God gave me, just to be very clear, because I am not a licensed minister, the only role that God keeps telling me is, I want you to share your life with my people, and I want you to encourage them to sit in my presence, and I will take care of the rest. That's what God tells me. So I'm not going to get into trying to say what you should do in this situation and that situation. I don't know. But what I can tell you, baby, sit in the presence of God and let him speak to you. Let me see if there's a few more. Um, uh, take it to scripture in the book will tell you profoundly. Take it to the Bible. Yes. Yes. Someone says pastors are human. Yep, that's true. That's true. Someone is saying thanks, sis. So thank you all for, I see like little gifts and things that's popping up on the screen. I'm going to figure out a way of how I can message you directly and thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to do my best to walk in obedience. Now here's the deal. Now, I'm going to be very, very honest. And I was honest about this all last week. It was not and is not my plan to go live every day. Last week, God spoke to me so strongly and told me it's what I must do. And then this week, he's like, and you're going to do it again. So I'm taking this a day at a time. For some reason, God has me going live every day at 12 o'clock um, Central Standard Time. And he's saying, my people need to hear this. And already some of the messages I've received from you all have been phenomenal. Some people were, were 
I don't even want to put it out there in the air, contemplating doing some things to themselves. And they said as a result of watching the lives that um, they were encouraged, they were helped, and they're going to continue on. So I, I have to walk and do what God is telling me to do. All right. So my goal is to just do what God is telling me to do and continue going live until he tells me to stop. Okay. Someone says you are definitely divinely guided. Thank you, baby. Someone says, listen to him, please. Someone says, Jesus is so good. Amen to that. Um, what, what else is in here? Um, I'm struggling with PTSD and your words are helping me so much. I'm so, first of all, baby, I'll be lifting you in prayer. I was just in tears about that yesterday when my son uh, was going through a lot of surgeries, unfortunately, before he passed away. I'll never forget when the physical therapist came to our house because he had so many surgeries going on. I don't want to go into detail, but with everything, his intestines, everything. And I'll never forget when the physical therapist looked through all of his records and looked at me and my husband like something was wrong with us. And I was like, what? And he says, um, are you guys aware of PTSD? And he actually explained to me what PTSD was. I didn't realize that my family, that we were going through a lot of that because that was our, that was our norm of dealing with major medical emergencies continuously where we didn't know he would even make it another four hours, let alone another day. And that went on for years. And so, um, baby, take time to take care of yourself. That's what I say that story to tell you, take time to take care of yourself and get the proper medical, um, professional medical help that you need. I am not a therapist or a psychiatrist or anything like that. So take your time to get a good mental health um, expert and get the help that you need and never be afraid to reach out or be embarrassed to get help, okay? Because I certainly had to get some help. We didn't even know that we were in a stage of, um, I call it survival mode, that we were in that stage because we'd gone through so much trauma for so many years. It took a therapist to actually tell me that. So I pray that um, um, you're encouraged. Um, okay, let me just close out really quickly. I see a couple other uh, people saying nurturing spirits. Thank you. I thank God for you, Z. I'm so appreciative of you all. Someone says you're awesome. Thank you for your prayers. Um, I'm trying to read a couple more. Um, why I feel overwhelmed by blessings. You know, um, I've, I've actually had that, that, that stage as well where, to be honest, it wasn't so much overwhelming for me, but sometimes I felt guilty for being blessed. I actually did a whole podcast on that if you look up Unlocking Greatness podcast um, because there's such a, I know I'm deviating a second, but I want to respond to that because in my um, mentorship session, um, I, I have some people in my mentorship group, uh, we talked about that this, um, this morning about um, dealing with a spirit of scarcity. So if you go to YouTube, there's a podcast episode I have called, I think it's called um, Scarcity Mindset or Dealing with Scarcity. And it really took me some time to even understand that God desires for me to have abundance in my life. God desires to bless me, but I've always had a spirit of scarcity because, you know, we grew up on welfare, took my mother 10, 12 years to finish college. By the time I finished college, most of my adult life, we had always moved around a lot and didn't have anything, never owned a home or any of that. And so even when God began to bless me and open doors, I still walked around with this spirit of scarcity and almost feeling guilty for when he blessed me. But I had to really overcome that. And that's a whole nother subject. I talked about that quite a bit in my podcast episode. Anyway, let me get out of here. Um, someone says, please save all these lives. Yes, I am. Every live is um, saved. I know for sure on my Instagram. And now they're being uploaded to my YouTube as well as my podcast. So my podcast is Unlocking Greatness Podcast with Zendra Glass. And uh, we're going to be releasing them um, pretty much every day. So I love you guys. Someone says, um, uh, God bless you, Z. May God continue to renew your strength and 
and pour on you more oil for this journey. Thank you, baby. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I love you all. I just read from Necessary. So when we meet again, make sure you've read Chapter 1, A Letter to the Enemy. That's very important. And I want you to spend some more time on Chapter, I think it was Chapter 20, If Greatness Could Speak, because I want to get that in your spirit. I want you to know that greatness has always been there, always there searching for you, waiting for you to discover. But the point is, you can't allow yourself to be distracted, okay? Don't allow distractions. So if any distractions come your way today, I'm going to say this before I close out. If any distractions come your way today or even tomorrow, anybody coming at you sideways, any negative attitude or whatever, I want you to remember, hmm, I heard this lady earlier today. She was on, on uh, the platform, this lady with a big old afro, and she was reminding me that I'm not going to get on that dance floor and dance with the enemy. I'm going to let that person keep dancing by themselves. Listen to me. I'm going to walk around that person. I let them think they want it, want it. I let them think they want it. If my life ain't in no danger at this point, I'll just let them think they want it. And that's going to be my sign. It's almost like my indicator that the enemy is trying to trick me. He's trying to come at me sideways because if I respond the way I really want to respond and I go off like you know I can go off, I've been there, right? If I do that, that's just bringing me lower. Now I'm not you know, where I need to be so that I can be creative and I can keep focusing on what God had me uh, focusing on. This season is too important to miss it. That's the whole point of this live. This season is too important. Don't you dare allow the enemy to trick you with some foolishness. Okay. So if it has nothing to do with your destiny, don't respond to it. Let it be. Let it be and keep on going, okay? I love you all. I'm going to try to come back again tomorrow, if it's the Lord's will, tomorrow at noon, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time. And um, I'll see you guys then. I love you. I love you. I love you. 